Come back next week. All right, I'll get this started. If Gil McLaughlin has anything to do with it, this might be the last time you're going to hear the AFL podcast in this format next week. We're going to be in set position. Richo's going to have a limited amount of words he's allowed to say in Brownie. You're just going to continue to do stuff all. <laughs> We're going to have a look at the proposed changes from Gil. This week's games and, of course, story <laughs> time. Here? Shut up. I'm trying to the intro, you dickhead. And much, much more on the Sportsman AFL podcast. <laughs> I uh, tell you what, boys, big, big week. I apologise for Nathan Brown for ruining. Real, wasn't he going to roll with that? Is he? I hope he's not going to roll with that intro. What was it? it was a good. It's topical. No, I liked it. It's he, topical. Brownie you ruin it, Brownie. Yeah. Every time. There's something also I want to bring up while we're doing this. Oh. Now, during when we're in Russia, yeah. we got some of our stuff up on the Footy Show, Richo. Yeah. And Brownie did his best to sabotage it. Well, he that's gave what us he does. a shocking intro. Then afterwards, he said, oh, "I'm still waiting for the funny stuff to come." Why does it go there? Because <laughs> it wasn't that funny. Oh, it wasn't that funny. You are kidding yourself. You had Crawford with you, who, who's, who, who's not that funny, let's Bef- be honest. Before we get into it today, does Hummer want to finish that uh, story about Barcelona? <laughs> no. was, yeah. You don't want to? The one we had to cut out no, last yeah, week. correct. We're not going there. But Fair I tell you enough. what, boys, did you hear Gil's extraordinary comments, I think, yesterday, about how there's a couple of games in round 18 that will have no change to the ladder, Yeah, and he wants to bring in... Round, trial some of these round twenty three. Yeah. yeah, bring in I, some of these changes. Well, it was well publicised yesterday, wasn't it? And you know, it was whacked down by a lot of football people. Matty Lloyd amongst them, Cameron Ling, Lee Matthews, and I think they were spot on. How can you possibly have a round of football where some teams are playing under a different set of rules to others? It, it's extraordinary to me, and you guys know more about the punting aspect to me. But it just seems extraordinary when people are betting money on games on Brownlow results. Yeah that suddenly you could have a different set of rules in a game. So it smacks against the integrity of the competition. And I think it's been watered down overnight. I think the AFL have realised that's probably not going to happen. And I think that's a good move. Trial it next year Mm. in the state leagues. Give it 12 months and see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I was stunned that they were even thinking about that. That would have to be a world first, wouldn't it, where – not even j- during a season they change rules, which that, that happens from time to time, but where you've got half the teams playing one set of rules and another half playing... Well, they clearly want to bring in set positions, so like three at either end next year. That's the one I feel like they're pushing. That's why they want to trial these rules. and they the have six, trialed six, that. six, you mean, at yeah, set of bounces? Yeah, yeah. They, they have trialled this in the uh, the under-18 competition this year, so it, it did... They did get a good look at it, but to do it mid-year, I mean, there's been a, a massive furor over it. I think yeah. people have been overreacting. Uh, but, uh, look, to be honest, I think they need to wait, like everybody's thinking, and they're, they're backtracking as quickly as yeah. anything at the moment. I don't understand why there's such a rush on this mm. to make fundamental changes. Why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you implement it at VFL level and SANFL and, and Waffle level? play a whole season, get some really good data and then have a look at it. And if scoring goes up by 10 or 15%, oh, gee, it's a good idea. Mm. Maybe we will bring it into the AFL. I don't know why there's a rush. The game's not going to fall over next year if we don't bring yeah. in rule changes. But maybe they have – people thinking this might be a knee-jerk reaction and all of a sudden they're just flicking the switch and changing all this. Maybe they've had this in the pipeline for one or two years. That's why they've been trying it in the under-18s. But why the secrecy around it? Why the secrecy yeah. with other clubs? Be open and honest about it. Show everybody what's happening over a certain period of time and people might come around to it. It's all of a sudden like, hang on, all of a sudden they're going to change a game that's been the same for a long time without consultation. Yeah. So that's, I think, where the fans are getting upset well, about it. Will 666 change that much in reality? 
Because, well, I mean, how often do you say, unless it's in the last couple of minutes of a game when you're up by less than a kick and you, you flat everyone back at the bounce, most, oh. most of the often you start, it's almost 6-6-6 anyway, isn't oh, it? Will, it will change for some teams. I mean, looking at Richmond in particular, they normally would have a plus one. They'd have seven defenders back, and that's the setup they like to have. Um, with someone coming off the back of the square, a lot of clubs do that. So yeah. it will change a little mm. bit. Think, um, think of a ball up maybe 70 metres out. Uh, on a flank from one goal. So right up the other end, inside 50, you've got three on three. The clubs aren't going to allow all that space in between the ball up and the 50-metre penalty for uh, the 50-metre line for them to run into. So they're going to drop a couple of players back here. So all of a sudden, it probably opens up the stoppage. So there might yeah. only be four or five, six players at a stoppage and there might be another six coming back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it will open it up. I don't think they'll bring that in, though. I think it'll only be at the centre bounces where you have to have six forwards and, and six defenders. I don't believe they'll bring in the starting points at around the ground stoppages. I think that's too big a change in the game. And it's outrageous to me that you have to have zones where players have to be inside yeah. 50. Once the ball's in general play, that, that goes against the fundamentals of our game, which is the freedom of movement around the ground after the centre bounce. I don't like that. I don't think they'll bring that in next year. I think for, they'll trial that more. For me, though, as a fan, and obviously you're far more learned than me. I mean, I've never never played the game at anywhere near professional level. But as a fan, when you're sitting at the ground and you, you've got a, a stoppage in a forward pocket and when you see all 36 players essentially in that little sort of netting of the, that little pocket of the ground and nothing forward and then when the defending side needs to clear it out and then you have to see them chip around for a little bit, that for me is where the game is falling down because that, that is just shocking footy. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing a rule that came in where mm. you, you have to have – a certain, you know, there's got to be someone at least forward of forward of the centre circle for you because it, it, that's that's the part for me where I think it's falling down. Yeah, moment. I think I think you're right. That's where people don't like the look of the game when mm. you've got everyone inside fifty at one end of the ground. And I guess that's why they are thinking of starting points. But just recently, I've seen clubs stretching that out anyway. I think mm. coaches are realising now it's smart to have a couple of dangerous players back closer to goal. So I think it'll evolve anyway. If it doesn't then maybe bring that rule in, mm. but just trial it a bit more first. Strange things to do in the AFL, but yeah. that football competition we call the AFL and yeah. our footy clubs are made up of very, very strange people. I, uh, in general life, even in here at Sportsbet, there are some weird people in here at Sportsbet, but yeah. none that you get at a football. Yeah. It's like they just try and get someone from the moon to come down and they plonk them in a, in a footy club environment. There are some weird cats at a footy club. Now, I play with a guy and... It, He's changed tactic, Nathan, it's hasn't he? Very yeah, subtle. Well, we're getting a bit serious. So I thought I'd bring it back, uh, and it was a but nice this, segue. I think where you're going is going to be coming down further down the, the sheet. We still well, we're going to go with it right <laughs> now. Are you going L- with it now, all right? Lindsay no Last week I got destroyed for yeah. going off the run sheet. That's all right. Nathan uh, likes to do yeah. that. Lindsay Gilby. So you're saying there's some strange people at footy clubs. Yeah, and, yep. and that's different to the point down the park. Now, Lindsay Gilby is a guy that I played footy with for a long time at the Bulldogs, ripping guy, best kick Either foot I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't argue with that. Mm. But geez, he Came made some strange decisions in his life. Uh, some of the things he would say. Uh, so we'd get a soup after every uh, night session. So if we trained at you know four in the arvo. You get, in the middle of winter, it's cold, so they'd make a soup for us. And, so we had tomato soup this one night. Massive big thing, of tomato soup. Did a whole. They really went overboard, didn't they? The dogs, <laughs> yeah, <he's> bread <laughs> rolls on the side, and so we just pour the soup one by one. Lindsay Gilby has a drink of the soup. He's sitting there. Everybody's enjoying the soup, enjoying the roll, bit of butter on it. Yeah. Lindsay Gilby goes, oh, no, what's tomato soup made out of? 
Oh, no. <laughs> Genuinely serious. Wow. He asked was you he, what tomato soup was made out of. What's tomato soup made out of? One other day, we're watching in the gym, so the stall gif was on. We're doing weights in the gym. You he up the TV and he goes, there's a stall gif run. Oh, no. Oh, no. Things like that. Really? Now, is, is, uh, he, is he a smart crack he just has these moments or is he not the sharpest I, I, tool? He says some strange things. Mm. I believe down, deep down he's got a lot of intelligence yep. things. But, uh, he's a bit vague. He's a the bit stall vague. Gi- I can forgive the stall gift. Come off if you don't know that, that stalls are town, it makes sense. If you grew up in Victoria, surely you know. Yeah. He moved into the wrong house. <laughs> no, that's how. He bought a house, right, off the plan. So it was an apartment complex. It was only three levels. So on the bottom level, you've got uh, apartments, second level apartments, third level apartments. So yeah. it's pretty basic. Yep. Yeah. Pretty basic. Makes sense. So you would know that you bought an apartment on the second level. Uh, that is your apartment. So you paid a lot of money. Yeah. I imagine an apartment. Surely you've gone and looked at it. Yeah. This was twelve or thirteen in. years ago. Maybe you'd have to say four or five hundred thousand dollars for an apartment on the Ooh. third level. Could have done a bit better than that on AFL. Yeah. So Linz yeah. uh, goes and picks up the keys from the real estate agent and uh, gets there and looks at the thing. Uh, it says maybe one A on it. I don't know what what the number was, but yep. he gets one A. He looks down. There, there's one A. One A is on the bottom level. Yep. He thought, gee, this is a bit strange. I thought I bought it on third level. Oh, well, oh, here's my, this is what I bought, 1A. I opened the door, moved everything oh. in, wasn't even his. So they gave him the wrong keys. They gave him the wrong keys. And he just moved keys. in there anyway. He moved in. <laughs> oh. And there is nothing oh, worse no. than moving as well. That poor bugger then would have had to move again. You'd nearly just give up, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah. you just ask, we yeah. swap. Yeah. I guess we had one at Richmond. Remember Mark Coughlin? Yes. Remember? Very Mark's good very player. Good. Good dream team player back in the day as he well. Was, yeah. your, in your dream team, one of the hardest players I've ever played with as far as that the footy. He was the most courageous player, but a vague unit. Mm. And generally, people from Western Australia are, are vague. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everyone that I've played with from Western Australia was a little bit different. You know, they're pretty isolated over there, aren't they? Over yeah. in the west. Cogs, uh, Cogs. One day we're all in the shower. You know, back when you used to have a shower together, I think they all. Shower individually they now. Do. do they? Yeah, they do. They're strange. That's not on. So you're well, going to find at a local footy club if you wear undies in the showers? Yeah, look, that's what footy so clubs are So they've got petitions now in yeah, like they individual do. showers. You know when they started making us wear uh, underwear in the ice baths when yeah. Jack Rewalt got uh, a golden staph infection in the in the ice bath? Oh, I did Really? Too. Who mm. brought that into the ice bath? Well, that's Who's the thing in? we don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, we're, all, we're in the shower one day and, and Cogs come strolling into the shower and everyone's sort of raises their eyebrows and just sort of looking at Cogs. He comes over and he stands underneath one of the showers and he's starting to soap up and just, you know, under the armpits and everyone's still looking at him, just waiting for him to realise what he had done. He was standing in the shower with his two socks on. (laughs) And one of the boys said, Cogs, you got your socks on? And he looked down and he went, oh, I have too. (laughs) <laughs> Didn't even realise he had his socks on in the shower. That's how vague he was, Mark Coughlin. Well, you this wouldn't is, expect it at footy clubs. This is a bloke also who was going to a wedding, so I had to drive to Woodend for oh, a this wedding. Is yep. so, yeah, this is um, true. And he just met this new girl, so he started going out with this new girl. Um, <laughs> and so he went down the night before. Uh, because Got all some the accommodation yeah, the night good, before. Well planned out. All the boys were having uh, beers at the pub the night before, yep. so he went to the pub and... Uh, all the boys are high five. Oh, Cogs, how are you, mate? What are you doing here? And, and he's starting to think, what, why are they asking me what I'm doing here? I'm, I'm, oh, going, no. to the, I'm going to the wedding. Oh, no. So then uh, he didn't think much of it. Uh, had a few beers, woke up the next morning, and he's starting to think. He goes, I don't know whether I'm actually invited to this thing. Oh, I, I can't remember whether I've got an invite or whether they just 
because I thought I'd get an invite whether I'm actually invited. So he, he passed this on to his new girlfriend who's probably sitting there going, oh, oh my no. God. So what he did was, so he drove from the hotel, drove to the, uh, the where they were getting married, the reception centre, and he said to his missus, this is his new missus, by the way, uh, can you just go in and check all the uh, the name tags on the table and check uh, where everyone's sitting, just see if our names are there because I'm not sure. And she goes, no worries, okay. She went in, checked Good the whole girl. Off. Not invited. Not invited. <laughs> Far out. Oh, I've got a little All nice the little Wood End. romantic the boy, little weekend. The out boys of it? just thought it was a coincidence <laughs> yeah. that they're at a little pub in Wood End and Cox turns yeah. up. Anyway. Oh, there you go. Well, let's dive into yes. round. What are we? Round eighteen. Essendon versus. I tell you what, it's a great round of. Well, you've got a couple of great Best games. Best round a few, for a long time. A few stinkers in the mix. Essendon, Sydney, Friday night, kicking off the round. Brownie, you all over. Well, Sydney, they're, buddy, they're away, so you'd have to tip them. Yeah, can you oh. believe if Essendon win this game, they'll be level on 40 points with the Sydney Swans. Their percentage isn't great, but that's incredible, isn't it? Who would have thought that a month ago? And I think they win too. They're $1.78. They're the favourites. Sydney, $2.05. But Essendon play a really good brand of mm. footy at Etihad Stadium. Sydney, for some reason, have just stalled over the last five. They looked unstoppable probably five weeks ago when they were winning games on end. But I just think the Bombers, the way that uh, they run and carry the footy at the moment, they're playing some really good footy. Mm. I think they'll beat them. Yeah, the one thing that worries me about the Bombers, their forward line's starting to get a little bit thin. McKernan's now out for the rest of the year. They may have to play hooker forward. Fantasia last week with five goals. Stringer back. There you go. So is that confirmed, is it? Not confirmed, but uh, it's in the paper yesterday, I think, that Stringer should play. The only thing you do have to look at is the Swans have actually won 15 of their last 17 at Etihad Stadium, which is extraordinary. They've lost five games at the SCG (laughs) this year. It's like their new home ground. So. This is almost elimination time for the Swans. They've got some tough games coming up. They could miss the finals. Yeah, if they don't win this one, they might miss the finals. So it is a huge game. Richmond versus Collingwood. I don't think – I mean, we we, we could be getting $100,000, 100,000 people there at the G. This is going to be an absolute crack. Now, you two, what was it like playing at the G in – in front of a, a Richmond Collingwood crowd? Because even back, I mean, even when you were playing, you were still getting your 80,000. Yeah, I is mean. It, is that for you, for a home and away game, is it as good as it gets? Well, I think it is. I think any game where you get over 80,000 and you've got two genuine power clubs, that's as good a noise as you're going to get at a game. You think of Anzac Day because th- there's actually a few neutrals at Anzac Day because it's such yep. an event. But this game, Richmond and Collingwood, Richmond's home game, there'll probably be 50 Richmond, 35 Essendon. The noise is going yeah. to be absolutely mm. incredible. Yeah, you love playing against Collingwood. You know their fans are, are going to turn up. They're strange, though, the Collingwood fans. I remember one night uh, we were playing at the MCG. I was running back down. It was in the days of the old uh, Ponsford stand. We actually ran down down the race onto the ground, not up. And the people were actually hanging over almost. They could almost touch you as you ran down. And I'm running down. A bloke leant in front of me with a cup and looked at me and threw the cup of uh, liquid in my face. Oh, and I sort of bop kept, him? I kept, no, I kept running. I thought, oh, it was just a bit Coward. of water. But then I realised he'd thrown a cup of straight bourbon all over me. <laughs> the Collingwood supporter, he had a hip flask of bourbon. What? I got back out on the ground and Simon Prestigiacomo, who was known to be Humphrey Bear on the ground, never said a word. He actually looked at me and said, what have you been drinking at halftime, Richard? <laughs> They're strange at Collingwood. Jeez, a Collingwood fan Preston wasting his bourbon. Yeah, Preston J. Wasting yeah, his bourbon. Wasted, wasted his he must have really just it was good. Uh, before, now Richmond play Carlton round one uh, at the moment. Every, yeah. It's been for about yep. eight they or play, nine yeah, years they now. Play they used to, play, used to be Richmond Collingwood. 
uh, when I was at Richmond in the early days, 2004, 2005, 2006, I yeah, reckon. Yeah. Um, and there was at least 80 to 85,000 round one all the time yeah. until they had a disagreement over who was going to ta- take the gate because right. Richmond and Collingwood were sharing it. And then all yeah. of a sudden, it turned nasty. And yeah, um, yeah Rich- Richmond now play Carlton. What, when you're playing out there, you know, I mean, you hear this from some players that they're in such like a so dialed in that you don't. Don't hear the crowd. You don't notice yeah. the crowd. Do you, when you're playing in front of a massive crowd like that, is it a noticeable difference than when if you're playing in front of a crowd at Eddie had of thirty thousand? No, I think it is. Yeah. And even down at Geelong last week, talking to Paddy Dangerfield after the game, I said, "How loud was that crowd out there?" And he said, "In that last quarter when they got going at Geelong, and there was thirty thousand, but in a boutique yeah. stadium, he said it genuinely lifts you." And he said. As an opposition player, you feel a bit smothered by it. And he said that's what it's like playing against Richmond or Collingwood at the MCG, that you feel yeah. like the, you feel like the crowd's mm. almost closing in on you. So it has an effect. I think it is like a 19th man out on the ground, definitely. The loudest I've ever heard the crowd in a game that I've played was round one, 2009. We went into the season thinking that we were going to get the job done because we'd won eight of our last ten in 2008. Uh, people were t- talking about R- Richmond making the finals. Uh, we lost by 83 points. Favola kicked eight. That's right. But the sound that the Carlton fans made that night when yeah. he was kicking his goals yeah. was extraordinary. My favourite memory of the MCG was clearly kicking oh, five I, on. Oh. I was literally on just G- about Jimmy to say. Jimmy in one quarter. I, um, I, I Jimmy, he hasn't not, got over it yet, Jimmy. You, I was about to say this. I said, Brownie, congratulations. This is the first time we've spoken about the G and you haven't tried the crowbar your last quarter against Jimmy Clement and sure enough, he's done it. It was a good quarter, but Hammer, I'm sick of hearing about <laughs> I told, it. To I told you what happened when he first started. He was showing me something on YouTube. He opened up YouTube and already the last the video that was already loaded up on YouTube was him kicking his four his five goals against Jimmy Clement. Last we quarter. told the story a few months ago on this podcast uh, when we were in LA, and he actually sat down with Sam Worthington <laughs> in a hotel room <laughs> and replayed the five goals to Sam he Worthington. Was anyway. Hey, where are, you, where, are your tip, where are your tips for this game, boys? Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, to tell you what, Collingwood are two seventy five. They're great. That, is that is that too big? I reckon mm. the line's fifteen and a half. That's where you're playing. I reckon this is going to yep. be close. Fifteen and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if Collingwood win. Um, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if Richmond win either. I think it's a 50-50 ball game, just in favour of Richmond. But the fifteen and a half point head start you're getting for Collingwood's pretty good. Yep. Look, I'm only tipping Richmond because they've won seventeen in a row at the G. They haven't lost there yeah. for over a year. Look, Collingwood did lose there two weeks ago by, you know, 40 points to the West Coast Eagles. The Eagles showed them, you know, that they can be beaten on the G. I'll tip Richmond really close. They're going for the record, all-time record wins at the MCG. So there's a bit to play for for both teams, clearly. Tigers in a close one. Geelong, Brisbane, Saturday afternoon as well. Oh, yeah, Brisbane Geelong. are going well, but I'm going to tip Geelong here. Down at the Cattery, I don't think they can be beaten down there. Um Particularly not by Brisbane. The line is 33.5, which is a bit big for me, but I'm just going to go Geelong. No, nah, Cats have got you know three more games at uh, their home ground this year. They don't lose those, and mm. they can't afford to lose this. They can still finish top four. They get on a roll at home. So, yeah, I think the Cats, and, and probably pretty comfortably, I think. Tommy Hawkins last week, he, he's, he's back, isn't he? Because he was just duking everything, duking when he needed to, kick and go. He couldn't miss. Career best form. Yep. Uh, the fa- I don't know whether he looks lighter or he's just moving better, but his lateral movement right now is the best I've ever seen yeah. uh, him, him ever do. I mean, he's 
taking half volleys, and he's being able to move sideways and get away from people. The the snap he kicked in that last quarter was outstanding, um, and without him at the moment, I don't think Geelong would be where they are. He has had a wonderful season. Oh well, he clearly won them that game last week. It was like he was in an absolute zone, and I think as a key forward, you might get in that zone yeah. once or twice a year. He was in it last week. Um, He's just timing everything. His lead, his leading patterns are really good at the moment. His his hands are elite, and what he doesn't do, he doesn't miss hook. No, he's become yeah. such a good kick at goal. Um, he stays at home a bit more too. Like yeah. he, he starts maybe 10, 15, 20 metres out. You don't see him up in the middle of the ground too often apart from uh, when the ball's locked at the other end. But yeah. when Geelong get a fast break, he's always a player that's pushing off his opponent 15, 20 metres out and leading. Takes a lot of marks around 35 yeah. to 40. I think the only time he pushes up is when they rest danger forward. Danger goes as the deepest forward. But, yeah, I think you're right, Hummer. I think he's in the best form of his career. What about his celebrations last week? Good. good. Oh, that yeah. good, they? He, the crowd down there was unbelievable, oh. and he was just soaking it up, the big hawk. GWS Saturday night. Are you going to have a tickle at this one at all, Brownie? Uh, oh, no. Of course you are. Well, how short are GWS? They're $1.13. Yeah, secured a $6.05. The line is 39 and a half. Yeah. So uh, you may as well take, if you, if you like the line, you may as well take the big win, little win. GWS 40 plus, you get $1.83. Uh, this could get nasty, I think, yeah. up, up, at, uh, up at Spotless Stadium. The clearance battle, the Saints are a very ordinary clearance team over most of the year. They got it better for a few weeks there. The Giants are really good in that area. They're the form team in the comp, won six of their last seven. There's no way known they'll lose this. Gold Coast, Carlton's a stinker. We'll just touch on it very, very quickly. Gold Coast going to win it easily? Well, no. I wouldn't say easily. I think Carlton can play pretty good footy on their day. Gold Coast can play horrendous Can they, though? Footy. Can Carlton play good footy on their day? They can. When? But Gold Coast, I didn't see that coming last week, and that hasn't happened for 12 weeks. But um, I, I, to be honest, I'm going to tip Gold Coast just because they're at home. Surely, Carlton, this is their grand final. needs final. to happen, doesn't Surely it? they have to win a game. Before the end of the season, the Carlton Football Club going through a season with one win—that's an absolute disaster. They have to win this game. I'm actually going to tip them. Oh, oh I, surely wow. they have to win this game. Yeah, it's get well. It's, if they don't win this, that's it. Yeah, that's They're what going I mean. For one win. Then the game of the round. Now I tell you what, Melbourne—they were flying early. They were talks of top four. Now all of a sudden, talks of missed. In fact, they lose this. They're gone. Oh. Do you reckon? Oh, that, 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 have you done the ladder predictor? I have. That you've got that bottle, that bottleneck of, of teams. You've got a pretty good run, Hawthorne, though, Melbourne. Hawthorne have got a great, a great run, so I think they're going to slide in. And Melbourne, they lose this, they're going to miss. You know what it's going to come down to for Melbourne if you do the ladder predictor? They played GWS in, yeah. in round twenty three in Melbourne. They might have to win that to play finals again. How nervous are the Melbourne supporters going to be? I think they're a huge chance to win this though. Adelaide, do you think so? Adelaide got the job done last week against Brisbane. Um, hot up there. You come back from yep. there. Melbourne were very good against Port Adelaide in they Adelaide. Beat that, yep. They won, didn't they? And they beat yeah, Adelaide they, the time before that. So they, they play Adelaide Oval things. really well. Uh, $2.15, Adelaide $1.71. The line in this one will be a bit small, but it's four and a half. So Tex is back, isn't he? Tex possibly will be back. but uh, Didn't I he just, only get one week? Uh, yeah, yeah, he got one week. He's yeah, back. he did. He's back. Tex is back. It's a 50-50 game again. Yep. I'm going to go for Adelaide. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go hey, for the Demons. Boys, one thing that we do very well on this podcast is we pull back the veil behind sort of what it's what it's like as an AFL player. Now, you've mentioned a few things that there is some strange strange cats, but there's also some strange things that footballers do. Now, you've had you've had a couple, both of you at Richmond, a certain man that now plays out at uh, Albury. I think. Uh, 
there's a guy many years ago, and we, we used to do these things called manpower nights. And manpower oh. nights were a really yeah. favourite of the. Was that at the Bulldogs? Yeah, favourite of the girlfriends at the time. I um, can't believe they even let them get across the line. To be honest, the manpower nights. Wow, they, they went well into two thousand. I reckon the last one we had was two thousand, two thousand one. But where did you a, have them at the club? Or? Uh, we had one at the Metro right. one night. We had yeah. we've had one at the club, but the whole premise was that it was like a. A, a full Monty type thing where the players got out the front yeah. and did a dance. So you, you break off into little groups and um, can you believe this? Yeah, yeah. Chris Brown and get out there and do one with big uh, Colin Croft, Matthew Croft, Das and Craig Ellis used to do one together. Leon Cameron, I did a couple with Murph, um, and there was one that me and Murph, that how our whole act was to go out there and dance with a sock. That was oh, it. The only no. thing we had on was a little, little anklet for you. And this got across the line. I uh, can't believe this got across know. the line. It got across the line. Wouldn't get across the line no in this way, day and no. age. But none of the girlfriends were allowed to go, so it was only the, the 40 players on the list. And we used to sell 800 tickets. There was 800 go, buy a ticket, and that's what we used to uh, fund our Entirely trips, female so. audience? Entirely female And no audience. girlfriends allowed. No. How, are the girl, how are the girlfriends allowing this? I, uh, I don't understand this. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a, it's a different time. <laughs> <laughs> it was Holy a different time, wasn't it? Jesus. But um, it was uh, it was Luke Darcy's uh, it was his little pet project. But anyway, Ooh, throwing Darcy under the bus is the the instigator of this. We had to play Hawthorne one day at the MCG. I reckon it was two thousand and one, maybe. I reckon uh, and uh, so Manpower was uh, that night. So everyone was pretty excited about. Obviously, the manpower not coming up. But Thinking we, about that more than <laughs> <yeah>. the game. <laughs> we had Real to get, local footy stuff. We had to get that. past the Hawks first. Um, and wouldn't have in 2001. Anyway, so we, we, everyone's arriving. You, you get your bag in there. Some players go and get a massage. Some players get their ankle tape to go out of the field. I'm sitting there, and <laughs> all know. of a sudden, oh, no. I see <laughs> Shane Burst walk in. Remember Shane Burst? Yeah. Went to St Kilda. Yep, yep. And he is glowing orange. He had been to... <laughs> A, uh, a solarium or he'd had a spray tan or something, but he was that orange. He looked like, uh, you know, the Oompa Loompas. He looked in, like um, Donald Trump. Yeah, he looked like the Oompa Loompas <laughs> in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was that glowing orange. It was extraordinary. And I looked at him, I thought, geez, I hope you play well today. Geez, I hope we win. Because I knew that the coach probably wouldn't say anything. Peter Robe was the coach. I knew he wasn't going to say anything at this point. But um, anyway, so it was it was nine goals to one at quarter time. Oh, losing. No. And Peter Road uh, said, okay, boys, the thing you're going to do right now, didn't single out anyone, he goes, tomorrow morning you're going to get to the footy club because I know you got your manpower night, 6am, oh. I want you to have your uh, match report written, I'm not going to do it, you're going to have to do it for me. No. So gone to the manpower night, everyone's having a laugh at Bercy how orangey he was, and the manpower night was an okay <laughs> night, but anyway, 6am, we get there, uh, and there's only one player that hasn't arrived on time. Percy. <laughs> Shane Burst. <laughs> and so he's uh, he's come in late. So we've probably been about 15 minutes. Players are going through there. And you had to give yourself a rating out of 10. Yep. Scotty West had had 38 disposals. He'd like 20 contested and he'd laid about 10 tackles. He'd give himself a, like a, a six and a half. He'd already been up. Bursey. Percy, who played with a solarium tan, <laughs> fake tan. But f- spent a fair amount of time on the bench as well that day, Bercy. Uh, that was a day where there was no rotation, so yeah, you might yeah. get on for a quarter or something like that. And so Bercy gets up and he goes, uh, look, boys, um, and he, didn't, he hadn't, had, hadn't written out his uh, match report, by the way. <laughs> he goes, in, in my haste, I've forgotten to uh, do my match report, but... <laughs> 
He goes, for the time I spent out there, he goes, I reckon I went pretty well. I had this amount of possessions, uh, had a bit of an influence when I got out there. And he goes, and to be honest, I thought that um, being on the bench for so long, I lacked a bit of opportunity. (laughs) 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 Went down uh, well. So uh, Rhoda hasn't got up after any play yet. And he gets up and he goes, I can't have this. He goes, Percy, he goes, the one thing that I want to speak to you about he goes, we've got a big game on. He goes, all I want is everybody to switch on. And you turn up <laughs> and you're bloody orange. <laughs> you look like a bloody Oompa Loompa. <laughs> and then he went to town on him for the next five minutes and Bercy just sunk into his seat. Did Bercy ever Wait. play again? Uh, I, don't, I don't know whether he played again. I, I, I don't know the facts for that, but he probably shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I remember uh, Dean Polo just quickly oh. before we move on because uh, that was a good story, Nathan. He rocked up to a dream time at the G uh, game one night. <laughs> he actually got three Brownlow medal votes. votes he won the third. award that night. Yeah. It was, yeah. He was on uh, well, debut. Like won, the, this the was another night. This but the year after. He got carried away with himself the next year. He was reminiscing about his three votes in his first ever game, the dream time at the G game. The next year he rocked up and his hair had it was like a leopard print. He had the oh, tips in his that. hair yes. and he looked like a leopard <laughs> and surprisingly didn't get a kick that night in his oh. second dream time at the G game. You just do not play with a leopard print no, uh, hairstyle. especially not then. Maybe in the mid-90s when tips were in. That was the end of Dean Polo at the Tigers. It probably was. Yeah. Well, I think his best night in dream time after. and had his worst night. And that was it. Later. Hey, North Melbourne, West Coast. Down in Tassie, this one. I don't mind North. They, they have built a bit of a fortress there, but up against West Coast, <laughs> flying $1.80 for the Eagles, $2 for Melbourne. Odds are a coin toss. Just battling a bit at the moment, the Kangaroos. Mm. If this was at Eddie had, I'd be backing West Coast without a yep. doubt. Their favourites are West Coast. I might even back them, I think. I'm not sure the Kangaroos have got enough goal-kicking power outside Ben Brown to win the game. Yeah, but it's just the Blundstone arena mm. factor. They have played – I know West Coast have played them there before, so they do know the ground. It is a, it's a unique ground. There's always wind down there. It's going to be cold. And the boys are travelling from Perth, which is, you know – That's a big trip. That's a big trip for them. But Only a few in the pointy mm. end of the plane as well. Yeah. It's, they've got too much to play for, surely. Mm. Top two finish. Jeremy McGovern signed this week. Some really good news for the club. He should be able to get the job done if he lines up on, on uh, Benny Brown. North have to win this if they want to play finals. Yeah. So it, it's a big game for them as well. But you just think West Coast, the, the carrot they have to finish top two and get home finals, yeah. I think they'll get the job done. Yep, without a doubt. So I'm going to tip West Coast purely West Coast. because I think uh, for what you just said there, and they do have the big artillery to uh, to kick the winning score. All going West Coast here. The second game of the Sunday, Bulldogs, Port Adelaide. We'll skip over this one pretty quickly. I imagine Port Adelaide do this in a no, canter. Oh, it's in Ballarat know. though, Hunter. Oh, is it? Three dollars for the dogs. I reckon that's value. Whatever the they line is. They played Port Adelaide there last they year. They did, as yeah. Well. Port have played there, so they know yeah. the ground a bit as well. Uh, they played Gold Coast earlier in the season, but 18 and a half is the line. Look, I'm happy to take the line at the Bulldogs. You'd think Port probably should win, but I wouldn't yep. be surprised if the Dogs win this one. Lost two in a row, Port. Yeah. Have to win this. And looked awful in those two games. Didn't they? Yeah. Doggies, I don't mind doggies at the line then. Hey, and um, the last game before we get to a, a very special uh, story time. Fremantle versus Hawthorne over in Perth. Oh, you missed number no, 10. No, well, because you've already done story time, so I'm going to use number 10 at the end, Nathan. This uh, is what Fremantle, happens when you jump the gun. Fremantle are okay, and I think they can win this game, but I'm going to back the Hawks. I think tough one. Hawks are at, with how gone? Five weeks, disgrace. Mm-hmm. Do we agree on that? The three weeks of the trip? Just very good. Uh, yeah. 
he's been know. he's been doing a run with roll with uh, through the middle. He's very good at it. So yeah. they. That they're going to miss him. Yep. Freo play all right at Optus. I mean, they beat Port yeah, there last yeah. time they played. They, they, they could upset Hawthorne. Yeah. They could, but... There's some value around this weekend. That's what we're saying in the tips. But, yeah. you, look, you, had, you would stick with Hawthorne, but Freo have... You know, when, yeah. when they play well, it's always in Perth. They beat yeah. Port there last time they played. But, you know, this, this time of year, you've got teams vying for final spots, teams that are no chance, and I think Hawthorne should been, win. been complaining for a while that there's a $1.03, $1.04 shots. Fremantle can win at 2 yeah. 9 the dogs can win at three bucks. West Coast or North can win at a dollar eighty-two bucks. Melbourne can win at two fifteen. I think Carlton can win at three twenty-five. St Kilda can't win. GWS win that. Brisbane can't win. Geelong will win that. Collingwood can win at two seventy-five, and Sydney can win at two bucks. Stick those into your multi-builder, and that's a big one. Now, just teased it off. Very special story time because we're amalgamating your brownie reminiscence with Richo's story time together. The first time you two met. Oh. Well, we'd seen each other around, but uh, it was two thousand and three, and I was—I uh, knew that I was going to leave the uh, the Bulldogs, and I hadn't decided where I was going yet. It was a little bit to do. With <laughs> a little bit to do. Nathan's, Why else would you leave, Hummer? Nathan's wasn't decision to leave the Bulldogs was purely about how many dollar signs. <laughs> oh, correct. <laughs> it's the only thing because you could have gone to Hawthorne if you said you wanted success. You could have gone to Hawthorne. You'd be a three time no, premiership player. It was all about the dollar yep. coins entering your bank account, Nada. Mm, so we went correct. to this pub in Port Melbourne. <laughs> well, forget, I don't well. know what the where's name that, where's is. Where's that now. property you got? It's changed so many. The lagoon. I'm still paying it off. It's, it, it's changed so many names. This uh, this pub in Port Melbourne. I can't even remember what it's called now. But I went with a few of the Bulldogs boys and down I, in uh, City Road. Yeah, Sloney Pony yeah, was it called? Yeah, it's different now. I went yeah. past it again the other day, and I went with uh, Harrow, which is one of your great mates, and a couple of Bulldogs players. And Cambo was there. You were yeah. in the corner, and I remember I came over and um, shook your hand, and you had a flannel on, which I thought was pretty Ooh. cool. And what we started talking about was music straight away. Uh, what would you know talking, about music? We started talking about UMI, one yeah. of the great Australian bands. Yeah. Richo's bought me a pint. Uh, I'm not wow. a great pint drinker, let's be honest. No. It took me a You're long, not a good drinker a long, of anything. long, long time <laughs> to down that pint. But I learned pretty quickly that <laughs> Nathan couldn't drink beer. So that was the first time we ever met, but he introduced me to a guy that was at, at, at Richmond at the time called Tim Fleming, and uh, yeah. I hit it off with Flem as well and obviously ended up playing for him. But one of my favourite... Uh, memories from meeting Flem that night with Richo was then when we played St Kilda the following year and Flem knocked out Nick Rewalt. It was like a callous elbow. It was just yeah. a terrible elbow, um, and which he got four weeks for in the end. Ooh. But there was a big fight and uh, it was a big wrestle. After the game, Spud has gone, tell you what, nobody had a crack out there tonight. There was no skin under the fingernails. The only bloke that had a crack was Tim Fleming. The oh. only time that anybody ever seemed a bit nervous was when Tim Fleming was around. And we're sitting there going, has Spud seen the, the footage of this? He's <laughs> pumping up Flem. So it anyway, was as ordinary as you'll see. Yeah. Friday night footy, obviously Spud hasn't watched the tape Saturday or Sunday. We've got to Monday morning up in the Graham Richmond room um, and he's going through it. Before we went through the video, he again said how good Tim Fleming was. He was the only bloke that stood up and got skin under his fingernails, a bit of dirt under his fingernails. That's the one Spud used to love saying. So anyway, we're playing uh, all the edits from the game and the edit of Flem knocking out Rewalt with his elbow comes up <laughs> and Spud's looking at it and all of a sudden his demeanour changes and he goes, Oh, Flem, that's shithouse! <laughs> I can't believe he didn't see that during the game. <laughs> So Flem went from sitting up the front with his chest pumped yeah. out, just he was as flat as a pancake. Yeah. 
Uh, he got four weeks and uh, that was the end of Flemo. Did I tell you the story about when I went to Berlin, Hummer, with my uh, my girlfriend, Genevieve? No. Oh, I'm no. hoping you're going to tell it now. I will, just I love quickly. your travel stories. Well, you're, you're a very well-travelled man. Well, that, that's what we like. We normally we've, had, we've had Vegas, we've had yeah. LA, we've had New York. Yeah, yeah we've now had a few. Berlin. So we like normally it's, normally it's Ooh, a footy trip story at this time. Don't We won't talk a bit like <laughs> your trip to Barcelona, actually, Hummer. Um so we were in Berlin at a very a different place, Berlin, yep. very cultural, arty type of town. Yeah. Uh, any hipster. Anything goes there. You know, any any Ooh. people with different oh. tastes can live there comfortably yep. together. Oh, that's good. Anyway, um, I'd been to Berlin a few years before and I'd been to this really good spa. You know, I went and had a great massage and you could get all the, oh. you know, the healthy herbal teas. You'd sit around, have a sauna. It was absolutely magnificent after a big night in Berlin. You'd yeah. go there the next day and just chill out, have a steam, yep. have a spa. It's like the one we went to in New York where the Russians gave us straight vodka. It was not oh. quite like that. Where you got bashed with the, did you get bashed with the trees afterwards? No. But oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> This place was absolutely magnificent. It was brand spanking new. It was the it was the best spa in Berlin. So I went back a few years later with Genevieve and I thought that'd be a nice place to take Jan, get a massage, you know, yep. have a nice day there, relaxing, chilling out. I couldn't quite remember the name of it and I was Googling all these places and I thought I found the right one and the address. So we jump in the taxi, we get to this spa, we walk in and as I walked in I thought, oh, this isn't the same place. But it looked all right. You know, the reception was nice and brand new. I thought, oh, well, we'll just go yep. here now. Yep. I, won't, uh, I won't worry about finding this other one. We'll go another day. So we pay our money downstairs and there were basically the reception and then two staircases either side of the reception, one for, for ladies, one for men, and that led you up into the change rooms. So I said, all right, Jen, you go get changed, put your bathers on, I'll get changed, I'll meet you up the top. So yep. you go up the stairs into the change rooms, then you walk out of the change rooms into the spa complex. Yep. I got changed uh, a little bit quicker than Jan. I walk out there first. I've got my togs on. I've got my towel over my shoulder. I walk into this joint and I look around and not one single person in the whole joint had any clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) Big sausage fest. And not one person (laughs) was under the age of 50. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, how's Jen going to take it? It's it's not quite how I've described it to her, Hummer. (laughs) So I'm standing there with my shorts on and I'm getting a little bit nervous. And Jen walks out and you've never seen someone's face drop. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, what have you done here? Where have you taken me? I said, don't worry, just, just relax. So I spotted one spa bath over in the corner. There was no one sitting in it. I thought, all right, we'll scurry over that (laughs) one. We'll get over in that spa and just mind our own business. (laughs) We get into the spa. We sit down and Jen is hating me by this stage. (laughs) And this lady comes bursting out of the, the steam room, which was just opposite our spa. Yep. And she was probably, you know, in her mid 60s. No, that's what you want to say. And she came running over towards me. And she spoke very limited English, but the one thing I could make out her saying was, Shorts off! (laughs) She was yelling at me to get my shorts off. Did you do it? So I looked at Jen and I said, oh, well, went in Rome. (laughs) (laughs) So I whipped the shorts off and we lasted about another five minutes and we left. (laughs) The old ducks in the spa would love that. Oh, it was pretty funny. Jeez, we love your travel stories. Thanks, Emma. Next week, you've got to come with a travel story next week. Oh, I'll I'll come with a travel story. And you've got a a big announcement as well next week. Of course, you've got a a trip coming up. 
Oh, Kokoda, Kokoda, yeah. Kokoda. So about, we're going to delve into Yeah, that. actually, that, that's going to be a good one to support. Yeah. Maybe some of the listeners might want to support that. It's a, it's going to be fantastic. We're walking Kokoda in October, Hummus, so we might yes. talk about that next yeah. week. Timmy so Fleming's going. Flem's going. Oh, yeah. Wayne Campbell. Wayne Campbell's doing it. Oh, so. the, the who's who? Yeah. Natalie Bassingway. The Richmond uh, Footy Club. Well, I'll tell yeah. you what, I'm looking forward to hearing Brownie's training regime because I don't think he's taking it as serious as you are, Richard. No, I've trained a bit. Hey, we forgot about... Um, the Tassie stuff too from last week. Oh, my oh. proposal for a Tassie team. So we'll do that we'll next week. We'll tease out. Oh, it's right. a big week next week. You don't want to miss it. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, we need you to like, subscribe, review, tell your mates about it, get us up into the top 10 podcasts. But if you are going to have a punt this week, please do so responsibly. Thank you, boys.